Welcome to the show. I appreciate you tuning in. You're listening to Vote Your Conscience with Kevin Stola. Before we get started, I just wanted to let you know we are on Instagram at underscore vote underscore your underscore conscience underscore. And I also have a personal Twitter and Instagram as well that will be in the show notes. On this episode, we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, taxes. Uh, specifically, these are going to be federal income taxes, um, basically a tax that I don't believe should exist. Uh, I think that there's other ways that we can fund our government, and I think that our government, uh, at least the federal government, is drastically overfunded. So basically, I was going to do this uh, episode on a different topic, but you know, I got caught up on Twitter or X And I saw a tweet from Joe Biden today, which, I mean, I'm assuming Joe Biden doesn't sit there and make his own tweets. I'm guessing that he has a giant team of people that run social media and all media for him. Um, Obviously, he has better things to do rather than making up tweets. So, today, he tweeted earlier, uh, this was at 8 in the morning, A billionaire minimum tax of just 25% would raise $440 billion over the next 10 years. Imagine what we could do if we just made billionaires pay their taxes like everyone else. Uh, So, since I'm against the income tax, uh, you know, I'm even against billionaires paying an income tax and anyone paying an income tax because I thought that our whole country, you know, even when I was a child, they talked about keeping what you earn. And that was one of the main points of our country. That was one of the main reasons that there was a revolution against the king in England is that the king would take taxes. So even in his own country, you know, in England, the king would be able to collect taxes from any of the landowners and anyone that produced anything. So people thought that that was wrong, that someone else gets to just take a portion of everything that they earned. So, you know, the farmers could be growing food all year and the king would go, all right, well, you know, he would send out people to go and gather food and take food and take money that they've earned from their sales. And they thought that that was wrong. So in our country, it started out with no income tax. And there wasn't an income tax until 1913. So I'm, you know, it's been a little over 100 years, 110 years since income tax has has existed. And when they did it, uh, they did it only to the extremely rich. And it was a 2% tax. So it was really nothing compared to what we have going on now. Uh, We don't have the highest income taxes that we've ever had in the country. I mean, back in the 70s, there was some pretty extraordinary income taxes. I think it was almost up to 90% uh, on the top, top tax bracket. So, you know, we don't have those kinds of taxes now. I believe the highest tax bracket right now is 36%, and that's only income. So that doesn't count your uh, Medicaid, Medicare, and Social Security. So if you actually get taxed in that bracket, it'll end up being uh, almost 50%. So, you know, I think that that's an absurd tax, and I don't believe that the federal government deserves our money in that way. Um, 
I believe that the federal government is really only here to protect us, uh, you know, through the military. And sure, we need significant funding for that, obviously, but that's less than a quarter of the entire federal budget. So I think that the <clears throat> federal government's main job is to make sure that the union between states is strong, and that would be basically through the Supreme Court. It would be litigating on, you know, matters between states. Um, and that's the main functions of government that I see is to come to agreements between uh, citizens that disagree. So such as, you know, in business contracts, you make a contract with somebody. Uh, well, what if someone doesn't fulfill their end? That's when the government comes in. So an example of that is, you know, in business, if someone makes a contract or two citizens make a contract and then one person doesn't uphold their end of the contract, you know, how do you get that resolved? Well, the government has court systems. Uh, so, you know, that for that purpose, um, I think that the government is necessary. It makes sense to have some kind of arbiter to decide uh, upon agreements and disagreements between citizens. Other than that, I don't see too much uh, use for the federal government. Uh, people are always bringing up, you know, road construction, bridges, uh, stuff like that. I mean, the national park system, I mean, I like that, sure. Um, you know, it's good to have the government protecting that. Uh, I would like more nonprofits and individual citizens protecting land. That would that would be good in my opinion as well. But we do have one of the best national park systems, um, according to statistics about other countries and like percentages of land usage um, that is protected in our country. So, you know, that is a good thing, but that is a small portion of the budget. And also they charge you money when you go there. So it's not like the taxes pay for the maintenance of those parks. You also pay just to go there, which I'm completely fine with unless you also take my taxes. So going back directly to this, you know, billionaire minimum tax of 25%, which, you know, that's completely absurd to me. Um, why would you just randomly create a tax for billionaires? Uh, the reason that people get upset that billionaires don't pay taxes isn't because they don't pay taxes. It's because people don't understand the tax system, which that's not confusing why the, you know, IRS manual is like 6,000 pages long. And then on top of that, there's all of this law. So, um, court cases about different, um, parts of the actual, you know, internal revenue services manual and how the actual taxes work. There's another 80,000 pages of that. So this thing, if you wanted to figure out all these taxes, which is basically impossible, I mean, it's 86,000 pages of stuff to go through, uh, for, you know, from the case law side, and then just from learning the actual internal revenue tax code, uh, even just the tax code without the law part, you know, being a tax attorney, that's, that's why we have all of these different categories of, you know, uh, attorneys and CPAs. They specialize in different things, you know, oh, we do small business tax. We do corporate taxes. We do, 
capital gains taxes, we do real estate tax, real estate law, all these different categories is because no one can even learn all of these things that they tax us on and how the tax code actually works. So I'm not saying people are stupid because they don't understand the tax code. I'm saying that the income tax code is completely insane. And I, I mean, I literally don't even agree with them being able to take our money off of what we earn. So uh, as I've talked about in past episodes, even, you know, I've already been through that. Um, but so the billionaires that don't pay income tax would be because they don't have income. So if one of them is a CEO of a company, right? Let's use, you know, uh, Jeff Bezos, right? If he's the CEO of Amazon, which he's not anymore, he's decided to retire or something uh, from Amazon, at least. I know he's still involved in, uh, I can't remember, it's Blue Origin. Uh, Blue Origin, I believe, is his space company. Um, so I know he's got, you know, that company at least, and I'm sure he's involved in many other things. Um, but so let's say he's the CEO of Amazon and he decides to pay himself $1 million a year as the CEO. Well, he would have to pay income taxes on that just like everybody else. If he decides to pay himself $1 as the CEO, he only owes income tax on $1. Okay, so when people say that, you know, someone's making billions of dollars and they're not paying any tax, that's completely incorrect. They do have all sorts of loopholes to hide income or capital gains. Um, you know, there there's different types of taxes. So I understand that it's advantageous to, you know, have capital gains over income because I'm, I'm not sure the capital gains tax right now, but it was 15%. So let me actually look that up. Uh, the capital gains tax. I know it was at 15% before, but either way, um, so I guess right here it says that the long-term capital gains tax rate is 0%, 15%, or 20% depending on your taxable income and filing status. So it's going to depend on if you have long-term capital gains, short-term capital gains, and then it depends on what kinds of assets you're holding, what kind of assets you sold, um, you know, etc. But either way, the capital gains tax is because you owned something and it went up in value. It's, you know, it's that simple. So if you own a gold bar and, you know, in 2023, it's worth $1,000. And then in 2024, it's worth $2,000, just as an example, gold isn't going to, you know, go up by 100% this year, although that would make me happy. Um, but let's just say that happened, then that would be a capital gains, you know, of $1,000. So that's the same thing if you own a house, although there's, if you only own one house and you live in it, you, you can, if you're going to use those earnings to move into another house, you get that negated. Um, so there's a lot of advantages in real estate they use to lower that as well. And so there's a lot of strategies, but the main thing is if you own something and it goes up in value and you sell it, then they will take the capital gains tax. So it's a completely separate category rather than income. And that's the same thing. If Jeff Bezos, his value in Amazon stock, you know, goes up and he sells 
whatever portion of the shares he sells, it's only on the shares that they sell. If you hold it on, if you hold on to it, <clears throat> then you don't pay any tax because you have not gotten any money. It's just sitting there. They're, the share is worth nothing. It's only worth whatever someone's willing to pay. So when they're sold, that's when they will be taxed and they will pay tax on that. So just like anyone else who sells those shares. Uh, obviously, they have entire teams of tax attorneys uh, ready to lower their taxes as much as possible, find any expenses that they can write off and everything, and you don't have that. I don't have that. Um, it's basically why I think that the entire tax code is completely unfair, but I don't say to tax the rich more. I want them to pay less. I want them to pay nothing, just like I want you and me to pay. And the taxes that we will have to build roads and to run the military, we can create different taxes that are direct taxes and they actually make sense and pertain to the activity that the government is going to do. So basically, you know, the thing is for, for roads specifically, because people constantly bring up roads, you know, whenever I say, uh, we shouldn't have an income tax. Uh, most of the roads are not funded by an income tax already. So there is already a gas tax, and that pays for a lot of the roads. There are also other fees that states charge that goes into road construction as well. Uh, as you know, if you speed and you get pulled over, they will give you a ticket, and a portion of that will go towards roads. Uh, when you buy your license, when you get your registration, that also will go and help fund roads. There are also roads that uh, have tolls on them, and that will fund the construction of that as well. Uh, I believe that's a much more fair way to tax people who are using the roads. Um, taxing someone on their income to build roads doesn't make any sense. Someone might be, you know, someone who works from home and they don't even have a vehicle. They might work from home. They live in New York City. They, you know, maybe they're a shut-in and they don't even go out very often. So they really only do the basic things. They go and they walk down the street, go get groceries and, you know, whatever they need, work from home. Um, then you have someone else who's constantly, you know, they're a traveling salesman driving around everywhere all day long. Why should the person who is barely using the roads pay as much as that traveling salesman to use the roads. Um, now, on an even, you know, larger scale, the USPS, the UPS, and then now Amazon has become a delivery company as well. So, you know, they're one of the largest delivery companies now uh, in Amazon. Do you use the roads as much as Amazon does? or the United States Postal Service, or UPS, or FedEx. Uh, I'm guessing that you don't use the roads as much as they do, since they have you know thousands or tens of thousands of trucks and vans and all sorts of uh, <clears throat> vehicles driving around all day, every day. So why would you pay for that road construction with your income? Uh, I understand that every package that gets delivered to you <clears throat> is going to have an extra charge then, you know, that if they're delivering it for $10, but they have to pay a little bit more in gas and tolls, 
then maybe that package is going to be 20 cents cheaper. But you are the one who ordered the package. So someone who is buying more packages than you is going to end up paying for more of that gas. It's a fair tax. The income tax is completely unfair because it does not affect people the same way. Not at all. The income tax affects low, middle, and high income earners. It doesn't affect people that don't earn income. Only people who have income will pay that tax. So that's how really rich people don't pay tax. Now, people just call it tax for some reason and act like they don't pay any taxes. They pay all sorts of taxes. They'll pay, you know, if they own a company, they will pay payroll taxes. They will pay sales taxes on all of their purchases. They'll pay, you know, um, the same taxes everyone else pays except income tax. So that's why I don't believe that income tax is a fair tax. The taxes on gas specifically is fair because the people who use the gas end up paying that. Something like sales tax affects people that make the most purchases. So if you spend more money on purchases in the state of Michigan, we have a 6% sales tax. You will pay more tax into the state than you know someone who spent less money. So if you spend $20 million in a year, you're going to get taxed at 6%. But someone who only spends $50,000, they're going to get taxed at 6%. So they're going to pay $3,000. And someone that spends $20 million <clears throat> and someone that spends $20 million is going to end up paying something like $1.2 million if, if my math is correct. So, you know, that tax is equivalent to what the person is actually using, like the resources that they're consuming. For the income tax, it literally just pertains to your income. So, yes, the low-income earners, which the categories of low-income and middle-income and high-income are hilarious because for you to pay low-income, you have to make an extremely low amount of money. It's either $12,000 or $16,000 a year. Um, so you're talking about levels well below poverty levels uh, to pay the lowest income tax. I mean, you should be low income tax until you're earning average at least. Um, so that doesn't really make much sense anyway, because the high income earners, you know, it goes up to 500,000 and then you could make 20 million and you pay the same percentage. So that's one of the main reasons that I think that income tax should not exist. <clears throat> And then I'm not even only talking about income taxes because, well, I am because these are included in the income tax, but I am also talking about Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. So that is part of our income taxes. But even if you're at the lowest rate of income, which I think is like $12,000, if you earn less than $12,000, then you pay 0% income tax. But that's not true. You're going to end up paying 15% because of Social Security and Medicare. If you make over $12,000, you're going to end up paying 10% plus Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid, and it'll be 25%, and then it just keeps going up from there. So the Social Security takes out 12.5% of all of our incomes, 
And people can argue that that's a safety net for people that are, you know, when you retire or for disability. Uh, I do believe that we need a disability system in place. I don't particularly think that um, we should have a retirement plan. I think that's for individuals to decide themselves what what they're doing with their life. Um, And then people will say, well, what will happen when these people don't have income? Well, they would get the same welfare as anybody else. I don't understand why there's a separate old person welfare called Social Security that everybody gets uh, as long as you pay into it for six years. And then a separate one for apparently people down on their luck or poor people or people who aren't willing to work or who can't work, which then if you can't work, that would go into disability more. So for me... I want one welfare system. Are you a person that needs help? We help you. Not, are you a retired person? Are you a sick person? Are you a disabled person? Are you a poor person? Are you an unfortunate, you know, unlucky person? No, you're a person that needs help because for some period of time, which may be from the age of 80 to when you die at 90, Or it could be from the age of 40 until you die at 90. Everyone's situation is different, and we don't need a different organization for every single person's situation. You know, they, they divide this all up, and then you have all these categories of all these people trying to get different welfare, which I already went over in a different episode. Think about all of the organizations that have to vet all these people. There could be one organization, they deal with individuals on their specific circumstances, and we help those individuals so that they can be either a productive member of society or at least not a a nuisance to our society because if you have zero dollars and you can't work, you have to survive somehow. If you don't have a family to take care of you, what are you going to resort to? Uh, There's not too many options for you. So you're going to end up being a homeless person. You're going to end up either stealing or, you know, a lot of suicides happen. Uh, If we want to mitigate, you know, the suicide rate, the theft rate, and the homeless rate, homelessness rate, you know, this is the way that we could mitigate that. You help people individually. You don't go, oh, well, are you disabled? Well, are you old? You're too old to work. You know, this goes and then create an entire organization around each different uh, situation. This way you would have one organization that deals with just helping people in need. Um, So I am for having welfare, but it needs to be very targeted and specific and it needs to be enough to help. When we, dis- when we divide the resources among all of these different institutions, we just wear them thin. You get, oh, you get $200 for food or $400 for food, and then you get this much for medical stuff, depending on your medical needs, and then you get this much because you're retired and you paid into Social Security for however many years they tracked you and you paid income for. So all these different organizations have to be paying attention to you. So that's where I come to talking about this $440 billion over the next 10 years if they just charge the billionaires a minimum tax of 25%. Uh, you know, this is from Joe Biden, 
tweeting earlier today. He says, imagine what we could do if we just made billionaires pay their taxes like everyone else. And he's talking about $440 billion over the next 10 years, which is a lot of money, but it's not that much money, uh, not compared to what they already have. So here's my main problem. The U.S. federal government is the wealthiest organization on the entire planet and in the history of all of our civilizations. Uh, right now, the federal government takes in $4.4 trillion is how much they took in in 2022. The federal budget deficit was $1.7 trillion, okay? So their actual spending was $6.13 trillion. Now, how can they spend that much more money than they make? Well, they just print it. They just ask the Federal Reserve. They say, hey, we need $1.7 trillion. And then they give the Federal Reserve bonds with interest. And then we owe the Federal Reserve that money. Plus, we owe the interest on that money. So, Joe Biden wants $440 billion over the next 10 years from billionaires, just from citizens. He just wants more money for the federal government. Uh, $440 billion is 10% of the government's revenue, okay? Now, not over 10 years, so it would actually only be 1%. They're going to increase the revenue by 1%. Imagine what they can do. Okay, that's only $44 billion each year. If they could do anything with $44 billion, our problems would be solved because they get $4.4 trillion a year. $4.4 trillion. And they won't solve any of the problems. They haven't solved poor people. They haven't solved hungry people. They haven't solved homeless people. They haven't solved violence. They haven't solved one problem. They can't keep the water clean. They can't keep our environment clean. They literally can't do anything right. So why should we give them more money? Whether or not it comes from me or the billionaires or wherever printing more money, why should they have control of that? Okay, so they want, this is Joe Biden begging for money from billionaires. He's begging, what, what he's actually doing is he's begging the populace to say that we should implement a wealth tax, which he's basically saying is only going to affect billionaires and hundred millionaires, but that's impossible. They will whittle it down to assets, of course, anyone with assets. So even someone who has $1 million and they worked their entire life for that, they're going to want to tax that. Of course they will. Why wouldn't they? The income tax in 1913 started with just rich people. Now, the poorest people in the country, as long as you make $1 this year, you will pay income tax. You'll pay a 0% rate of income tax for income, but you will pay Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid tax still, even if you make $1. So, do you think that their plan is to implement this wealth tax and really only take money from the billionaires? And then what? We're solved? It's solved because they get $44 billion more a year? They use $4.4 trillion. That is literally 100 times. It's exactly 100 times that amount they get every single year. And that's not enough for them. Not even close. 
they needed another $1.7 trillion last year. They didn't even have the money. They can't even just do what they need with $4.4 trillion. They needed almost 50% more, $1.7 trillion. So that's just the federal government. The federal government spent last year $6.13 trillion. Our entire U.S. economy is $26 trillion. So basically... If you multiply the federal spending of six trillion into twenty-six trillion, that's four point three times. Okay, so the federal government is a little bit less than one quarter of all of the spending in our entire country. Just the federal government. This doesn't even get into the state governments yet. So do you think that our government, the federal government, should have one fourth of the spending power? of our entire economy, of every single transaction. Um, I certainly don't. And they just want more. They want even more of that money. And what they're claiming is, you know, I mean, in this particular tweet, he doesn't go over what they could actually do, but he says, imagine. Whatever I can imagine that they would do with it for good is exactly what they will not do with it. There's no way that they'll do anything with it not good. They will just waste it. How do I know? Well, they had $4.4 trillion last year given to them. They didn't have to work for it. Okay. They literally collect it. You have to report your own income taxes. All they do is make sure it's right. And if it's not right, then they will fine you. They literally don't have to provide you a service. The Internal Revenue Service, all they do is make sure that you recorded your income or if you're an employee, that your organization that you work for recorded your income and then sent it to them. And they force your employer to withhold that money from you before you even touch it because they don't trust you to pay your taxes. They only trust businesses to take your tax money from you and give it to them before you're allowed to touch it. It doesn't even go on your paycheck. You never see the money. It's gone. And then, oh, yay, you get a return the next year, a return. Well, they don't give it all back to you. So the people that take that money don't have to work for it. They don't have to give you a product for it. They don't have to perform a service for it. That's why I'm an advocate of businesses having money. Uh, if you want to give your money to someone and get someone to do something, give it to a business who's going to provide a service or a product. And then you can decide if you like that product or service. If you don't like what the government's doing, you have basically no recourse. You can't stop using them. You can't stop paying them. And they will do whatever they want. They continuously vote to reduce our rights and increase their power. And that has been happening continuously since the income tax was even integrated in 1913. The Federal Reserve didn't even exist at that point. The income tax was created to fund the Federal Reserve initially. So our entire banking system was created by the income tax. So my main point is that when you're giving money to the government, they don't have to do anything for it. <clears throat> they just literally collect it. At least a billionaire, most of them, or someone in their family, 
has provided a product or a service at some point in time to create that wealth. They had to, otherwise they wouldn't have the wealth. Uh, the government can't provide you services and products. That's not what they do, and they don't have to. The Congress gets to decide what services they offer, and they can change them at any time they want. I get that it's more complicated than that, and there's people who are for and against different things in the Congress. We get to vote for them. I get that. But the amount of power that they have is completely absurd, and Biden is over here. He's just saying they need more. They need more of your money. <clears throat> Even when you say billionaire, that, that doesn't matter. You're taking it. We're all a conglomerate of people and dollars. All of our dollars are purchased or uh, pooled into, you know, the U.S. population's dollar supply. When the government gets it, where does that go? The government gets to use that money for whatever they want. I don't want money being taken away from billionaires because I know where it goes. It goes to inflation. That is obvious. The billionaires, what? who thinks the billionaires are going to accept less money? They're going to make as much money as they can, and if the government wants them to pay more, they will figure out how to get more money. That's what they do. Like, that's why I don't understand. They keep saying, you know, raise the taxes. They will just change the way they purchase things. They don't, they don't, they don't care. They will change the way that they receive money. They will get around it because they have the resources to do so. And anyone who doesn't do that and does have the resources is just dumb. It doesn't make sense to give your money to the government when you don't have to. Whether or not you have a billion dollars or $20, you want the money for yourself. Those are resources that you can use. Even if you want to help other people, tell me that you're going to donate to the federal government. You know, you, you get a million dollars in charity, right? Or not in charity, in a lottery, okay? Are you going to donate that to a charity of your choosing? Or are you going to donate that to the federal government and hope that they use your money for charity? Well, you know that the charity is going to do it. You can look into them. They're all public. You, they literally have to report you, uh, report every dollar to the public of what they spend. The federal government... They don't even report all the money to us. They literally go, oh, well, that's the black budget. Oh, well, that's for military. That's for this. They they just move it into all these things. It's so hard to figure out what they even do with the money because they hide it and they have all these uh, secret organizations that they can use the money with. A nonprofit has to show you all the money that they use. Even a public company has to show you all of the money that they take in and all the money they spend and what their taxes are and everything. The federal government doesn't do that for you. You can look into how they're spending the money, but not exactly. And if you gave the federal government a million dollars, I guarantee you they will not help anybody with it. It will get absorbed so quickly. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's wild how much money they spend and how much no one cares that they take all this money and then they print money on top of it because they can't even budget a simple $4.4 trillion. So what I'm advocating for here is billionaires keeping their money, you keeping your money, and everyone in between you and the billionaires and anybody who makes less money than you to keep their money, to keep what they earn, to make a retirement for themselves, not rely on the government to provide Social Security 
that you paid into and then they use it to put it into a fund to create more money to hopefully get you to pay out you know more money or to get paid out more money than what you put in later um I think that you could use that money now and I think tons of people, especially people say that this helps poor people the most. It doesn't. It withholds money from them when they need it the most while they're alive, while they're 25 years old raising three kids by themselves as a single mother or a single father. That's when they need the money. They don't need it when they're 65. They need it now. Okay. The, you know, who, who can help them when they're 25? Maybe their kids, if they had that money and they could raise them better and give them, you know, provide them a better lifestyle, maybe their kids will grow up to be more effective, you know, members of society. And then they can take care of their parent when they're older instead of relying on the government and being literally broke, not having the money because the government took 12.5% just for Social Security so that they can barely even feed their kids. So there's just so many reasons. You know, why having the money in the hands of the citizens gives the citizens so much more power than the federal government. And that's what I want. I want power to be in the hands of the people, not the government. So just to go into how much power the government has, because like I said before, the federal government is almost a quarter of the entire economy. Okay. That is just the federal government. If you go into the state governments as well, okay? The state of Michigan last year brought in $88 billion, okay? Now, I'm not going to get the exact figures on this, but it should come out semi-close. So there are 10 million people in Michigan. There's 330 million people in the United States, all right? Let's say that the states have similar revenue. I know that they don't per capita, but Michigan is kind of in the middle of a state like California and New York and a state like Alabama, you know, that has whatever. The revenues are different. But I'm just going to multiply it by 33 because there's 10 million people in Michigan and there's 330 million people in the United States, okay? If you multiply the $88 billion by 33, It comes out to $2.9 trillion. Let's just call that $3 trillion, okay? Well, when you add up 6.13 plus 2.9, you're almost at $9 trillion, okay? $9 trillion. Our GDP is $26 trillion. That means that our governments, the federal government and the governments of the states combined, are spending over one-third of the entire economy. Why should our government be one-third of our entire economy? Most of the government isn't even productive. It's literal bureaucracy. It's uh, their overseers. They're making sure you're doing the construction right. They're making sure you're not polluting the water. They're making sure that, you know, all the taxes get collected and paid right. They're making sure that All those traffic tickets get, you know, properly processed and everything. I understand that there is a use for government, but one third of everything, that means that one third of all of the money spent is going literally into the government. Everything that goes into the government is taking resources away from what could be in your house. Okay. Literally, this isn't, you know, just like a metaphor. 
They're literal resources that are being used to build Secretary of State offices and DMVs and, you know, Department of Defense buildings and the EPA buildings and all the different welfare buildings, welfare and Medicaid and Medicare and Social Security and the IRS buildings and people all across the country. One third of all of the money spent is going to building government buildings, hiring people for the government. Okay. I understand that some of the government spending does directly benefit me and other uh, citizens of this country. But most of it doesn't. The IRS sitting there collecting money, what do they provide? There is an entire industry of people that are there just to appease the IRS in the public sector and the private sector. There are accountants all over. All they're doing is trying to make sure that companies are in order with their taxes so that the IRS can have that money. Okay, And that is the IRS's only job is to collect money. They don't do anything for you. They just collect money. When they don't collect enough money, they just print it. And then it makes the prices go up. The government gets to purchase with those new dollars at today's prices. Once they purchase that, they put more dollars into the money supply and it creates inflation. So our government is given trillions of dollars each year and they can't even stay within a budget. They expect all of us to report our income to them and give them a percentage of all of our income. And they can't even do us the favor of not spending more than we give them. They want to take your taxes, and then on top of that, not even close. This is, you know, it's it's over 30% the, the budget deficit, okay? The federal government spent 30% more than what they took in. They expect you to manage your money, though, at least good enough so that you can give it to them. I won't trust them until they could stick within a budget and actually provide services that they talk about providing. You know, constantly they talk about funding all of these different welfare programs and, you know, the military veterans with the VA and everything. And... They never do. They they never get to the point where they can really, you know, stop any of these problems. And if the American people just had this money, this money would be in your community. It would be in my community. All across the country, this wealth would be used to build houses for us, not for the governments, not so that the government can build literal houses for homeless people why would the government build houses for homeless people there's plenty of nonprofits that could use the money imagine if that 4.4 trillion dollars was literally put back into the hands of the american people instead of the government okay that would flood our streets with money that we could all use to build things we could hire people back from the government there are people working for the government right now they're using their resources at the irs just to collect money that person who's collecting money for no service that they provide you and that you have to do all the work and tell them how much money you owe them even you have to tell them how much money you owe them they don't even have to figure it out you have to tell them and report it to them and then pay them that irs agent could be doing any number of other things 
They could be doing important police work. They could be, you know, working on our sewage systems. They could be building roads. They can do any other job that would provide a better service for our country and for the citizens. So this is why I'm against the government having all this money and power over us. Now, I know that we're not going to be getting rid of income taxes anytime soon. Okay, this is uh, it's basically a fantasy at this point. You know, this is a very fringe idea and belief. It's not really a fringe idea. I mean, it's, you know, just a little over 100 years ago, this tax didn't even exist. Um, but people understand the concept of it. But it is nowhere near, you know, in the zeitgeist to for this to move forward and us to get rid of the federal income tax, okay? So what I would at least ask you to do is think about if you want us to pay more or less income tax. If you want to tax the billionaires more or anybody, any rich people, any poor people, and vote for politicians that want smaller government. Uh, And basically, in my opinion, the Republicans and the Democrats, they have basically provided very few people that actually want a smaller government. Uh, And that's what I'm looking for in a candidate. One that wants less power, less control, smaller government. We want the people to have the power and the money and the government to work for us. Right now, it's not working that way. And that's why I'm calling for a change, like a lot of other people. But I am actually promoting voting for third parties, getting rid of Democrats and Republicans, changing the whole game. And then we'll see. Maybe we can let Democrats and Republicans back in when they start to behave the way that we want. We're not supposed to listen to the government. We're not supposed to be scared of the government. They're supposed to be scared of us. They're supposed to do what we want. If they don't do what we want, we're supposed to vote them out. They have convinced people that it's too scary to vote them out. Okay? So that's why I want to give them less money and less power, and I want to vote out any of the people who keep thinking that we should keep expanding government programs constantly, you know, to infinity. Um, And then, you know, of course, we have our president on Twitter uh, begging billionaires to just have a little bit more money, you know. They're begging the, the population of America to say, oh, we need more money, you know. That $440 billion, that's not even what the deficit is. That won't even cover the deficit. Not even close. It's it's not even, it's a quarter. It's a quarter of the deficit. Over 10 years, it's a quarter of one-year deficit. So, you know, this is what our government wants to do. They want to take as much money and power as possible from us. That's my main point today. That's all the time that I have. Um, you know, this was a long one. If you stuck through it with me, I'm sure you got a lot of questions, comments, you know, uh, maybe opposing views on what I've said. And I would be, you know, happy to discuss that with anybody. Please go to my Instagram or my Twitter and, you know, you can discuss these things with me. I'm happy to find out if, uh, you know, any of my viewpoints are incorrect or could be improved upon. 
Uh, that's the only way that we're going to figure out anything in this country is if we can actually disagree on some things and have a real conversation without just, you know, calling each other names and telling everyone that, uh, you know, every side wants to turn it into an authoritarian dictatorship and, you know, put us in camps uh, from both sides or whatever. That's what just keeps going on. So I want to have actual political discussions that, you know, we can try and figure out how to better our government um, without at least just burning the entire thing down like so many people talk about. But that doesn't seem like a plausible way to make our government better. And I don't see a way that we're going to be able to have a full-scale revolution with the division that there is anyway. The only revolution that will happen is a civil war with citizens against citizens uh, and the government coming out on top with more power. That's that's the way that I see it. I mean, we need, uh, for any type of revolution to happen, the people need to be on the people's side, not on the side of the government. Um, so I'll leave you, like I always leave you, with a message of unity. If you're out there having conversations with friends and family, uh, especially, you know, we just had Thanksgiving and now we're going to be coming up to the Christmas holiday, you know. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure exactly when Hanukkah starts. I know that's soon. So, you know, we have a lot of holidays coming up. And when you're talking to your friends and your family, you know, everyone getting together, what I ask of you is just to try to have an understanding of what the other person's point of view. Try to understand what they want the outcome to be not just how they think they should get there. Because I think that most Americans want the same thing, which is better education, better health care, better lives for all our families and friends, and we just have different opinions on how to get there. So just remember, a way to better our communities, our government, and our world is to always vote your conscience at the polls with your dollars and in your own personal life choices. And thanks for listening to Vote Your Conscience with Kevin Stola.